Ten minutes it is after 8pm. It's uh, Thought Leader Thursday and we bring you the segment every Thursday uh, speaking to uh, all of the great minds that we have uh, here at home, here in South Africa and across the continent and elsewhere uh, in the third world. And uh, uh, this evening, uh, my guest certainly fits very neatly within that fold. Uh, her name is Yandiswa Kagaza. She is uh, certainly an activist in her own right uh, and uh, a holder of a postgraduate diploma in management from the University of Witwatersrand, also a Bachelor of Education from the same university. Uh, she was uh, the former head of school at Arrow Academy in Centurion and uh, a very passionate and avid educationalist, having taught English for a few years as well and uh, passionate about uh, uh, ensuring a high-quality education for all South African children and the consistent provision of quality education at scale and uh, also a, a former deputy president of uh, the uh, SRC Advits and uh, certainly uh, somebody uh, for many of those activists of that generation needing very little introduction. Yandiswa joins me now and uh, she recently took up a role uh, as the uh, uh, leader now and CEO at uh, Nali Bali and uh, she joins us now on the line. Yandiswa, good evening to you, Suswam, and uh, Wamgele Gilap in Metro FM Talk. Hi, Abonga. Thank you for having me. Um, and maybe, Yandiswa, I guess for some of us who might not be familiar with um, uh, with uh, Nali Bali and uh, some of the work that you guys do, let's maybe start off there and uh, we'll, uh, I guess, uh, chart our way forward and uh, get a sense of some of the things that uh, you want to undertake uh, in your new term of office. And maybe uh, a good start would be to congratulate you on that function as well, on uh, that Thank achievement. Thank you. On the appointment. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, uh, thanks firstly for having me. And uh, maybe just a brief background on, on Mali Bali, which I really deem to be one of the most um, important organizations within the sort of literacy um, ecosystem. Mm. Uh, Inalibali is fundamentally really concerned about um, literacy levels in, in, in South Africa. And we plug in particularly when it, when it comes to indigenous languages. Mm. So the preservation of indigenous languages is very important to the organization um, because we believe that if we want children to read, not because they have to, but to read for enjoyment and for, for the joy of reading, which is a lot more sustainable than forcing Mumdana to read for the, for the sake of reading so sure, that they can sure. pass at school. That's important as well. But at, on a sort of long-term sustainable basis, we want literate children who love to read, um, and we want them to start reading um, in languages that they understand, mm. and we want them to know of stories that they can identify with. Um, you know, with people that look like them and that sound like them, that have similar uh, lived experiences to them as well. Um, so Nalibali is really just about making sure that indigenous languages are preserved and we make children's stories available in all 11 official languages mm. um, across the country. Yeah, and I guess... You know, Yandiswa, that also happens in a context that uh, is also quite uneven. I mean, uh, uh, you know, some of those in more affluent schools might take for granted uh, the importance of, uh, you know, building a culture of reading and introducing young Mm. people into a culture of storytelling. If you have a fully stocked library in your school, you might take that for granted. You know, that just comes with the educational experience. I guess Mm -hmm. it becomes much more important and something worth considering if you consider uh, how under-resourced many of our schools are that make very difficult even the prospect of reading outside of your curriculum and even 
uh, sort of engaging in the world of imagination and storytelling in the way mm. that you guys envisage. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is, right? That um, the disparities in this country are just appalling. Um, and I think most South Africans know, you know, the state of education in this country. Um, and, and, and and that's why we've had to think about models um, that are efficient, um, but that are also scalable so that we are able to distribute this material far and wide, but really reaching those rural, remote schools and also doing this outside of the school environment because there's also, it's not always an easy environment to work in with teachers who are either not committed or who are overworked, who have so much curriculum to, to focus on that reading just really does seem like mm. a nice to have. You know, why would I sit there and read a story when I can't cover curriculum? Um, so, you know, we've had to be creative around how else, how do we use communities, how do sure. we use parents, how do we use other structures within the community to sort of start this culture of of, of, of reading within communities. Mm-hmm. And, and and I guess the, the other dynamic then you touch on this, and I want us maybe to explore this a bit further in the context of the lockdown where uh, many parents were probably spending a lot more time with their children than uh, they would have uh, um, mm. you know, in ordinary times. Uh, I mean, just talk to us about some of the support that you extend to many parents who are now uh, in a position maybe to impart uh, uh, one this passion for stories and uh, the importance of really expanding our imaginations. Uh, what are some of the things that we can help with to really spur on that creativity from them? Because uh, I don't think it would uh, be okay for us to say that they don't have some of these stories, but uh, I guess the question is how uh, that culture is done within the household rather than maybe yeah. only at the school. Certainly. So that's actually been one of the key changes we've implemented to say, you know, children are no, are no longer at schools right now during COVID-19. So we've had to divert our attention and say, how do we support families and homes? And how do we make it easy for parents and caregivers mm. to sort of point their children to material, but also to actively um, role model read aloud, role model reading, you know, how, because again, um, it's important for parents to understand that children do as we do, not as we say. Mm, so you can't mm. keep saying, you need to read, you need to do your homework, but I've never seen you phone. read. Mm. Hey, well, you know, so it's so critical and we encourage parents that grab a book, grab a newspaper, something, but role model. Now we're in your own time, um, besides you reading, sitting and reading to your child, which is equally important um, because you need to demonstrate to your child how reading is done. Um, and it's important, just important part of their literacy development as well. Um, so we, we've got a whole campaign around how we are supporting families and homes. Um, we've launched a, a WhatsApp line where parents can just um, sort of tell us what story they would like um, to read for their child. But all mm. our stories are available on our website as well. Yeah, yeah. I guess the other side for me, which is of interest, uh, just with all of the changes happening in, in, in the uh, uh, publishing world is uh, some of the work that you're doing maybe on the what I would call the supply side here so so the mm. kind of stories that are coming out and uh, their ability to respond to a very fluid context uh, and the needs of a society in transition uh, if I think about the stories I read when I was uh, you know in preschool or even in uh, some form of kindergarten I would hope that uh, the stories that are read now are fundamentally different 
to what I would have maybe read then in the early 90s. Uh, mm. what, what is some of the work that you are doing there to make sure that some of those bright minds who are writing stories for a younger audience are effectively part of your net uh, and some of what is read in many of your reading clubs? So um, that's an important question because it's actually one of uh, my core focus areas. And the supply side of, of things. So mm. we originate, um, we don't always originate our stories in, in indigenous languages, right? So we would get a story in, in English and then we will translate it in its processes, and so on and so mm. forth. Um, and what is important is that whilst the translation is great, um, we do need to originate the story in Isikosa and then translate it to English. You know, because mm. the essence and the and, and the storytelling and the nuance um, of a story originated in indigenous language is fundamentally different from a sure, story that sure. was, you know, told in English in a different context and then translated to to our languages. So uh, that, that's a very important aspect to say, how do we um, support emerging upcoming writers um, who are themselves children in some cases mm. by basically giving them the platform because we air all our stories um, across 12 SABC radio stations, right? So that's a public platform where, where these stories would, would be aired, but also we, we, we have books um, in 11 official languages, some of which will be sold across CNA stores um, from September 20, this year. Uh, so so there's a... There's a Conceited effort on our side to say we must be able to originate these stories from these young authors mm-hmm. and guide and support because sometimes, you know, they, they're a bit rough around the edges and there's still a bit of support required. Sure. Um, and, and we are in a position to, to, to do that. Okay. And so I want us to pause here for a second and uh, going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll certainly take a look at, uh, you know, how reading just as a window into. Uh, the world of stories and uh, into our imaginations can maybe, uh, I guess, also unlock not only outcomes in the classroom, but also beyond as well. And uh, we'll continue mm. with uh, Yandi Swaklagaza, who's the CEO at uh, Nali Bali, and uh, we continue with her. She's our thought leader on this Thursday, and I'd love to hear from uh, some of you who are tuned into our conversation. Give us a ring, 089-110-3377. How do we make sure that uh, we use this uh, opportunity as a way to get stories into the hands of the young minds uh, that uh, are undoubtedly uh, our future tomorrow. 22 minutes it is after 8pm. It's uh, Thought Leader Thursday here on Metro FM Talk and uh, we are in conversation with the CEO of uh, Nalibali and that is uh, Yandi Swaklagaza. And we're talking about some of the work that they do and I guess more importantly, uh, some of the interventions we need in our educational system, not only to ensure much better educational outcomes. Uh, it's not just about herding and training young people to be able to answer exams so that they can get really good results. But it's about really thinking of our educational system holistically so that you're able uh, to, uh, throughout the entire system, uh, create the young, innovative, imaginative uh, people that we want to uh, come through from that system. And I'd love to hear some of your own perspectives about how we achieve that as we consider uh, the work of Nali Bali, give us a ring on 089-110-3377. Now, Yandiswa, um, I guess for some of our people who might not be familiar with your work, um, I, I was mentioning your reading clubs earlier, and I don't think we must take for granted that uh, all of our listeners understand how and where those function and work, and uh, more importantly, I guess, uh, the role of uh, many of the resources we can bring to bear uh, to assist uh, in making sure that these get to where they need it. Mm. 
Yeah, so our reading clubs, um, thanks for mentioning that, Ayaboma, because uh, they're an important part of the work that we do. Uh, we, we call that part of our work sparking a culture of reading in communities. Um, and we really want to to ensure that this is a sustainable method by, by bringing in community members to form part of forming these reading clubs mm. so that we can exit but leave the culture of reading um, within that community. So these are in most provinces, um, you know, especially those with poor uh, learning outcomes. So KZN, Eastern Cape, Northern Cape, Free State, um, Gauteng, Western Cape, you know, so by far, by and large, we, our, our reading clubs are, are in these provinces. And we, we really are, looking for donors who can say to us, please go and expand on the work you're doing in the Eastern mm, Cape or in KZN mm. by forming even more reading clubs. And we work through communities, so it's not something we do. We, we get in and just plant a reading club. No, we do quite a bit of work to make sure that it's owned by these communities. There's a methodology as well behind it. Mm. Uh, you know, what what is a reading club? How do you formulate it? How do you put a structure to it? How do you make it fun? children? How do you make sure that children look forward to coming and reading? The children who can't even read look mm. forward to being part of these reading clubs. Um, so that's a very important aspect of the work that we do. Yeah. And I guess maybe the other question, just as you were speaking there about formalizing the um, sort of reading clubs, uh, you know, if, if one thinks back to, to the early days, I guess, in our democracy, uh, Abet, um, and, and the importance of uh, strong literacy programs in our communities. I mean, as you were talking, uh, I was thinking, you know, is it just about, I guess, children? Uh, in the way you formulated it, it makes me wonder uh, whether or not there's still a need for us to also expand uh, this culture of reading, this culture of learning and uh, broadening literacy in our communities, uh, even beyond some of the youngsters. I, I know it's important, yes, to start uh, uh, with young people, but um, do mm-hmm. you get a sense that it's also important to, to work with the community members, the parents and, and other mm. adults uh, who are critical to, to making sure that these reading clubs function? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's exactly what our method is, is to say, is there a group um, of grannies in this community, you know, that, that really you know, have time on their hands that can be trained to actually start a reading club. And there's a value on, uh, especially Abanda Badala and communities in form. Mm. Some of these can then be restored and preserved, um, you know, for future generations. And whilst we appreciate new emerging stories, because like you said earlier, stories that you read in 1992 and stories that are, you know, new in, in our context today, they're going to be different, but we also have a beauty um, of, of a history of Indomi that mm. we can actually also put into books um, and, and the children learn about it. So when we speak of reading clubs and communities, by and large, um, it's people in that community, yeah. mm. um, either unemployed youth, uh, old people who are around, available who actually start to be mm. reading so, so, Yandis, I mean, this is the other question then, just as, as, as we think about the changes that are happening. Um, there's more devices in the hands of young people than maybe what we had about 10 years ago. I mean, a, a two- mm. or three-year-old can operate uh, a tablet with relative ease and maybe even better than, you know, than some of us. It makes me wonder whether or not, you know, that has an impact of making it easier to scale your work, but also, I guess, uh, this on the back of the, the rising penetration of smartphones. Does it make your work easier and, I guess, also make some of the digital inequality more pronounced? Oh, 
this topic is very close to my heart, um, but also very heartbreaking because I don't think we comprehend Ayabonga, the the digital divide in South Africa, mm. right? And yes, we acknowledge that uh, smart devices are really, you know, getting um, into the hands of the vast majority of, of, of our communities and people. But to a very large extent, there are children who simply will not dream of even owning a, a smart device, let alone connectivity and let alone internet access. Mm. So we need to be cognizant of that. Um, and so in our solutions, yes, you know, scale is great. Technology is great for scale uh, because then we can reach more communities. But we want to be able to reach those children and communities that ordinarily would never uh, would never be able to reach via a smartphone. Um, and that's an important aspect of our work. We mm-hmm. cannot leave those people behind. Uh, so, so whilst there's an opportunity with technology and which we're leveraging a lot, um, we also cognizant that we are leaving behind, with technology alone, we would be de- leaving behind a very big part of our population. Mm-hmm. And I guess yeah. related to that is, is resourcing that, um, you know, resourcing the extension of connectivity into many of our communities. Uh, I, I often like to think and hope and I hope I'm not being naive in saying this, that many of the people who listen to the show have very deep pockets. Uh, maybe, Yandiswa, before we let you go, how do people get involved? How do they make sure that uh, they uh, play their role, uh, both individuals and organizations alike, uh, in underwriting this uh, important pathway for young people into the world of storytelling? Um, so, I mean, there's many ways to get involved. Um, well, we would appreciate, uh, sometimes we're always looking for people to read out stories in their home languages. Mm. We're always looking for people to spread the news about Nalibali, that there are these stories that are available in all official languages, and they are free. So mm. why not make sure your child listens to a story in their home language? And we, we also know that um, home languages, children these days tend to speak more English than they do their own languages. Yes, yes. You know, so it's a nice way to start introducing um, your child to their home language mm. um, by making them listen to these stories. So really that's how people can get involved on an individual just, uh, level. Um, yeah, we, we just want to spread the news and make sure that um, as many people as possible get hold of our stories. Okay, all right. Yeah, and who knows where those stories might land up. Yandiswa, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Ayabongo. Awesome stuff. Yandiswa Klagaza, the CEO at Nalibali.